electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Markets around the world reacting to the brutal attack on Israel over the weekend. We will talk about the implications for risk assets, energy, the Fed, interest rates, and politics. The bond market is closed today for the holiday. Our roadmap is going to begin with Israel at war with Hamas, heading into its third day of conflict. We're going to go live to Tel Aviv for the latest. And back here in the U.S., futures are moving lower. Energy prices are ticking higher. Investors, of course, continue to monitor events in the Middle East. In corporate news, Nelson Peltz once again putting that pressure on Disney. The latest on the longtime activist fight with that company from uh, both Jim and myself. Let's begin, though, with the conflict overseas. Israel recovering after suffering its deadliest attack in half a century. Israel's military claiming to have reestablished control inside the country 48 hours after the Hamas attack. Over the weekend, President Biden spoke out on the situation, pledging support for Israel. Today, the people of Israel are under attack, orchestrated by a terrorist organization, Hamas. In this moment of tragedy, I want to say to them and to the world and to terrorists everywhere that the United States stands with Israel. We will not ever fail to have their back. We'll make sure that they have the help their citizens need and they can continue to defend themselves. So, Jim, we'll watch the tape for headlines yeah. regarding Lebanon and reaction from any other right. player first, that might widen the conflict. First of all, this is a tough one, and uh, point out feel terribly for a great ally of the United States. I want to make that point. Great ally of the United States, and don't want to talk about, you know, debating how do you talk about what seems like profiteering on a day like today, but we have to do our job. And I think that, I don't want to say that this is overblown in terms of the market coming down, because the market's not coming down that much. Uh, and oil's up not that much, because it didn't regain anywhere near the ground. You could argue it had to be. I just think that, uh, when you hear about a long slog and you hear about what's obviously going to be a, a situation where there's, you know, children, civilians going to have to be uh, on both sides, will, will lives will be lost. I think that it's hard to factor in. Uh, we've been uh, another ally, although not as close. Ukraine has been at war for a long time. And initially that that hurt the market. And then it kind of went off the radar screen in terms of the market. Uh, you know, larger issues, of course, that uh, investors, but really just citizens of the world, have to uh, be concerned about beyond the current bloodshed are Iran's role, what the response is going to be to that, what Hezbollah is going to do in the north. Right. Iran and Russia have become closer. You know, you, you, in, in these kinds of situations, obviously, you're always led to them thinking about broader consequences. Right. None of which are good. No. Um, but... Uh, mm. 
but that's sort of where the market uh, tends to go. Do you think it clarifies uh, like what President Reagan would say, an axis of evil versus uh, good? Uh, Too simplistic? What it potentially does, at least in the the concerns are that it it, uh, presages a wider conflict, right? Right. Right. I think that's right. And I think that without a wider conflict, Carl, we will say that this is a damper on the market. Um, But not beyond that, in a wider conflict, and I think what you, I mean, if you go back to, to 73, where you had the allies of Israel who did the fabled resupply of Israel when Israel was going to lose, or arguably was uh, crippled. Uh, That's what started the um, oil embargo, which then led to uh, oil going up 300%, which then led to uh, a horrendous economic problem for the United States. So you can see it happening. That was October to April of 73, 74, and that was uh, I don't want to say worst case because obviously, again, you've got this human life versus money, but that was what happened economically. And I don't know whether uh, that was OPEC doing it. Now, OPEC plus, which is just as bad, it's just Russia and OPEC. And it, could they take the price up with the Permian the way it is? Yes, they could. And so I would not uh, rule out a 73, 74 uh, oil embargo of the United States but if, it, if it gets ugly. Uh, some argue the oil dynamics are different today than they were True. in 73. And then there's also um, the moves we've made so far regarding military uh, ships and aircraft trying to, I guess, pressure Iran not to tell its proxies to widen this. Right. Uh, I don't think that that government bothers to listen to us one bit. hasn't since, had since the Shah. Uh, I, I do think that when you look at what happened in 73, 74 versus now, we have the Permian. The Permian can uh, make up and has been able to be a swing, and we actually export a lot. But the one thing that I think the president's going to come under great criticism for is that David, he emptied the strategic petroleum reserve to a level that makes yeah, it so although, it's not strategic. I mean, you seem to be making an assumption somehow that the Saudis are going to do something. That I mean, by the way, this may have been promulgated in part by Iran in order to prevent Israel and Saudi Arabia I think from you're right. You're right. getting closer to an agreement to open normal relations. Timely. Right? On the top and, if you want to boost production. Derail. And therefore, right. And so the idea that this would mirror in some way 50 years ago doesn't seem to really fit. No, I agree. It's just in that, that sense. I agree. That's absolutely right. It means the Saudis that led that boycott, yes, the Saudis time, would that be would the not, opposite this right, time. Exactly. Right. So it's hard so, to see where the boycott would come from. Uh, I just look at what happened in 73, 74 and say that's, that was the consequence. Mm-hmm. It's hard to figure out how you would get a, a, an embargo now, but that's what, what brought it home. And I don't see that happening if only just because the Saudis seem to be much more amenable to our side. I would be really surprised if the Saudis uh, did anything other than continue to what they're doing. But I just was trying to refresh this the history. This may have, for the time being at least, knocked off uh, off kilter the momentum that there was oh, behind yeah. a, well, a right. Israel Friedman Saudi. Friedman this morning says that yes. deal is impossible for now. Right. Right. I mean, look, I th- any, any, look we always know that anything's possible. Uh, we've known that anything's been possible with Ukraine, Russia. I just, I think that is somewhat analogous, uh, if only just because uh, that's a hot war uh, between someone who's a proxy and Russia. Is this a going to be a hot war between someone who's historically a proxy and uh, Iran? If they take it to a, if the worst 
linked to Iran. I think it's possible. No, but we're, again, we're not that's, experts. That's, I mean, you know, I, I know that's stocks. the concern yeah. about a right about a wider conflagration. Is I mean, I know that Iran oil is, in, is not Hezbollah actually gets much more aggressive in the right. north, where they have a lot more rockets than Hamas has, uh, and that then you really sort of right. have to uh, try and understand what the ramifications. Right. Are. I mean, look, I'm someone would say, you know, who am I to opine? I'm, I, I can opine on what happened domestically to the, our economy and. I'm actually surprised that oil's not up more, but it, David's right. This time, this time, the Saudis would be are much closer to the United yeah. States than they were 73 were. Yeah. Even though that, that, that our president was actually and Kissinger were quite yeah quite you, willing to do. Meanwhile, we're dealing with a market in which right we'd watched uh, oil prices come down recently from yeah. from new highs. That's why I'm saying recent this, highs. This, this is not we're, much. We're in the low 90s. Right, we're still well below that. And then, Carl, we're obviously back to still here in our markets watching our 10-year ten ten-year yield. Not today. Not today. Uh, not, not, today. today. Yep. not today. Although the, um, Fed, the Fed speak's going to continue. Right. Yes. Logan's on the tape right now. Uh, Fed will need to continue restrictive financial conditions. Uh, high inflation remains the most important risk. We're going to get PPI on Wednesday, Jim, and CPI on Thursday. I think Powell speaks at Economic Club Thursday, too. Yeah, look, I mean, he would be foolish to not wait for at least... I don't know, a quarter, maybe two quarters, to see whether this is done. I mean, why bother? We, we've seen a, a staying of inflation. That's not what he wants. He wants to make it so people can afford houses again, afford apartments. And that it's just nowhere near what it was. I mean, the affordability is just very grim. Although two-year break-evens this morning, below two. I know. No, I know. Uh, I, I do think... But you get... A couple of good months where there's de- deflation, or you get this number, and then you get a couple of months that it goes up, and he will look like, well, what did I do that for? There was no need. We've got tremendous employment growth. Why, why just not keep leaning on the idea of stopping inflation? That's, that's why uh, on Friday, it was a different world on Friday, but people were talking about an outside day in stocks. Right. And a jobs number that seemed to alleviate concerns for those who thought the economy was running too hot and too cold. I think you could. I think that could happen again. I think we have a decline. That was a very powerful rally. Okay, it was like the machines were uh, defrocked. Well, we talked about it in the morning as just how positive in so many ways it was was. initially, as often is the case. The market took it differently. But then sort of that narrative kind of took over as as the day went on. Then you woke up Saturday and you were like. New right. Well, then you're dealing New with world. something in geopolitics, which we've dealt with before. Right. But again, uh, you know, the markets somehow don't seem to, they seem to move past the so many of these events. They don't know how to process quite it. Quite quickly. So if they don't process it, they don't know how to process it. They seem to avoid it. Yeah. It's, which it's, is very strange. Well. Right? Well, it's like, you know, we sit here and we try to figure out it's, I mean, whether. It's the, not the about only, emotion. It's not about. Right. I mean, 73 carnage. it was. It's just about. But you correctly point out. The alignments in 73 were quite different from yes. now, except for then Iran was uh, a friend. Well, it was, yeah, it was a shock. Well, even the, uh, the research this morning, you can almost sympathize with the analysts who don't have any better edge than anybody else. This no. J.P. Morgan note about cybersecurity names, Jim, uh, citing the obvious that a lot of them have boy, headquarters in Tel Aviv. And- boy, that was just a, a, a uh, cartographer analysis. Uh, I do think that there's... Uh, Mike Wilson, which who I'll defer to, just because I look, my, I I have at times chided him, but he does point out that 
something that I think is really smart, which is that there are stocks that will be favored. Dividend growers, not companies with high dividends, well, you know, high yields. I thought that was really smart. Uh, but but points out again that the technicals continue to break down. When Wilson does this kind of thing, which is out, doesn't dig in his heels, but explains what what could go up, and you realize that that's a lot more stocks would go down than up. Very value added. And this idea of the dividend growers, David, I, I find terrific. If only just because man, if the companies that have good, good yields been crushed, because people just think, well, they're punching bags. Because of five, you know, five percent. Yeah, well, what, right. If I can get almost five percent, right, for having the U.S. government borrow my money for ten right. years, why wouldn't I do that? And so the spread to a lot of those dividends is is collapsed. Well, this is the true test too. I I, I know uh, you could easily argue what Professor Siegel is to argue, which is you know stocks are great. Yeah. But I could easily argue, you know what? I don't want the risk because I don't like risk. A lot of people don't like risk. Five percent. It's kind of good. You know, unless it's going to 10%, it's kind of good. And maybe you ladder it up. So, yeah, if you can hold it for 10 years, you're not losing any money. You're just maybe not making as much, even if rates do go higher. And if they go lower, then you've obviously made money. Isn't it incredible how big gold is? Yeah. You come in gold. And I was going to buy those Costco gold bars. Yeah. I buy candy bars. Oh, jeez, I can't buy candy bars anymore. Why not? Nobody likes oh, sugar. Are you on Ozempic? <laughs> I was going to mention of things. I'm on everything, by the way. Gold is off the highs of the morning, although obviously some green arrows there. We'll watch for signs of stress and flights of safety. VIX is still sub-19. Dollar index below the highs of last week. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and count down to the opening bell in a moment. And we have... From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive... AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, a little early today with a mad dash. Uh, you're not wrong at home there. We still have 14 minutes before we get started with trading. But let's get to uh, what you're thinking about, a particular stock. Yeah, Lorenke has a great piece today about Vertex. And Vertex CF, it's been doing amazing. But they talk about they have a pain market opportunity. The biggest, the biggest issue, biggest pharmacy issue, how do we get pain removed or at least nullified without opiates? They have a plan. Vertex it would be the first drug ever that actually was not addictive and, and minimized pain. So you can only imagine how big that would be. So I, they're going to reveal it within the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do believe that if they have something, so it would be the largest market opportunity in the world because no one has any answer for pain other than addictive. Even now, even now, even now. Right. I mean, I, I had surgery recently, and what do they give me? 
fentanyl. Well, not well. No, they they give me. I mean, they do use opioids. it. They give me opioids, right? Well, but they what do the use it. I mean, it's um, like turn of the century. It's previously. true, and we don't talk about it that often. No, but we have to. Hundred ten thousand people a year in our country dying from overdoses. Seventy percent of that from fentanyl. All right, um, we'll take a quick break here. We got to count down to the opening bell. Don't go anywhere. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. deadliest attack on Israel in 50 years as the death toll now is about 1,100 plus, an ongoing hostage crisis. The State Department this morning saying that nine Americans were killed, the NYSC and the NASDAQ today extending their sympathies to those affected by the ongoing action. A moment of silence here both at the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. We continue to monitor the conflict in Israel. NBC's Kelly Kobiea is live from Tel Aviv with the very latest on the ground. Good morning, Kelly. Carl, good morning to you. Yeah, and we have a developing situation in the north of the country now. The Israeli Defense Force saying that they uh, killed a number of militants who crossed the border from Lebanon into Israel just a short time ago. Uh, Hezbollah has already reacted to this, saying it wasn't them. They have not started any sort of ground invasion in the north, but the Israeli military uh, active in the north now and telling people uh, to shelter in place there. This, as the military continues what they call is an extensive operation in the south, in Gaza. They say that they're hitting a number of Hamas operational centers in Gaza. Uh, we know after this unprecedented attack over the weekend that uh, hundreds are dead, uh, 260 killed at that music festival alone. Some people are missing. We don't know how many family members have said that they have simply lost track of their relatives after uh, the chaos at that music festival with uh, militants opening fire and taking people hostage. And there is also 
grave concern now for civilians in Gaza as these military operations continue. Tens of thousands of people have taken shelter in schools in Gaza, according to the United Nations. And there is also an unknown number of captives taken from Israel into Gaza over the past, uh, over the weekend, uh, and their whereabouts and their well-being is unknown. Today, Hamas is claiming that at least four of those captors were killed, captives, excuse me, were killed along with their Hamas captors in some of these strikes on, on Gaza. Uh, Israel is warning against uh, taking that uh, at its word, uh, and we simply can't verify whether any of these hostages have been killed we, we, because we're, quite frankly, because we're not on the ground there and we've seen no video proof of it. But certainly things are continuing to evolve very quickly here in Israel. Carl. Kelly, thank you for that. Uh, Kelly Cobier of NBC from Tel Aviv will continue to monitor it with, uh, with your help. Jim, uh, stateside, there is a view that maybe this does add urgency to the race for House Speaker. Get that settled. Maybe Jack Lew's confirmation. Maybe you combine Ukraine and Israeli uh, military aid. Yeah, I, I think that we're, we're kind of, we were convinced just to, last week that therefore there'd be no action that could take place for a while. This does lend certain urgency to it. Uh, I think we're, many people were surprised that Ukraine aid was the one that was really on the chopping block. Uh, at the same time, there's a split in the country about whether Ukraine should be helped. And I think this, the split is more related to why don't the Europeans do more? And there's no answer to why the Europeans would do more based on what we do since they are rigorously independent of pretty much anything we said. Although to be fair on Ukraine, I think they are they are actually contributing a good amount. Under, Jim, and it's not clear well, to me that there really is a full division. You are talking about certain parts of the Republican Party in particular. Right. Well, I mean, the parts of the Republican they Party may that not are be against, reflective overall of sentiment in the country no, uh, as no, a whole. No, absolutely. It, no, I mean, again, I don't I, know, I, I, but I'm that's expressing my sense. That, that they were able to block it, which I thought was pretty well, amazing. Well, eight. Republicans. Well, but I'm just saying, I mean, like, prevented Kevin I think McCarthy from, and obviously all the Democrats voting together. Well, I, look, I think there was a time when it would be shocking that anyone would think that you would take the side of of nothing, of neutrality, right. in a war where but there's a sworn enemy. It doesn't, it doesn't help this sense of just things sort of being Wait, a look. bit out of control when we don't have a Speaker of the House right, right now. Right. It's unclear what can or can't be voted on in terms of aid, whether it's to Israel or to Kiev. Uh, and so, well, it did feel yes. like that until this happened, it was okay. I mean, the usual chaos was going to be tolerated, right? I mean, would long-term yield suggest that? That's been the debate. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, uh, Neil Ferguson with a great piece in Bloomberg talking about that this is the unintended consequences, and it could be really bad. I don't think anyone feels confident about how the government had uh, financed for the longest time. Look, the go U.S. government. I'm, just, I'm still waiting for the Moody's downgrade. I mean, if I were Moody's, I would say, look, I, you know, I know that they're, I know that they're risk-free. At the same time, there is a Jiminy Cricket nature to it that I think most Americans are kind of ashamed by. You mentioned sort of the heartless nature of trying to pick sectors in this world right now, uh -huh. but. Defense is an interesting story in that you would expect uh, there, there to be some aid, but there's still the spending debate. Is right. that an obvious play? Well, look, I look. Do, 
do the Israelis need tanks? It's General Dynamics. I mean, I, I think that the problem there is, is that we were supposed to be full out anyway because of Ukraine. I think that we've held back uh, many things that we could give the, U- the Ukrainians, uh, but they may not be needed in this kind of war. I'm not quite sure what's seen this kind of war because I'm not a war, war expert, but I know that, that General Glenn Ambers would be the one you would buy because it would be tanks that they would be short of to go into Gaza if they decide to go into Gaza. Let's see how equities handle this uh, without the bond market, of course, today. Free market is off the off morning lows, uh, coming off of the first positive week for the S&P in five. At the big board today, Peralto celebrating a recent spinoff of Danaher into its own publicly traded company. At the Nasdaq, it's Gamer Pakistan, an early stage tech and esports company expected to begin trading under GPAC, the first Pakistan-based company to list in the U.S. A giant country that a lot of people feel has got tremendous turmoil. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. This, when you have that situ- those situations, it really doesn't, doesn't bode all that well. I think Veralta, which my child will just knows, is a terrific water spinoff of Danaher, uh, lower multiple than most of Danaher, lower, slower growing, but an extraordinary company. And people should look at it as being a, a, a kind of safe haven stock because something that cleans your water, including New York, uh, is something that's pretty neutral. David, I'm watching um, some of these cybersecurity stocks, sure. impersonation stocks, so to speak, like Zscaler, yeah. doing better. I mean, that group is just, it doesn't matter. I would have thought that maybe because of you know, some links like uh, CyberArk to Israel would matter. No. I think well, we're Zscaler still Zscaler did get stuff. that upgrade out of Barclays. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, the love for Zscaler is extraordinary given the fact that Microsoft is supposed to be coming after them. But there's a belief that Microsoft is just inept at cybersecurity. I don't want to ever say Microsoft's inept about uh, anything. It's hard to imagine. But CrowdStrike makes fun of them constantly in their conference calls. Say they're just not the guys. Hmm. CrowdStrike. George Curtis. Understood. Yeah. I know CrowdStrike. All right. Uh, in part three, you. Um, Thank you. We spent a good amount of time on uh, Friday talking about, of course, the prospect of a very large deal for ExxonMobil buying Pioneer. Um, yeah. No press release this morning. As I had reported on Friday um, from people who were familiar with sort of the nature of the talks, things were not as far along as perhaps had been thought given the reporting in, uh, in the Wall Street Journal and others that might have indicated an expectation you'd see the, a deal over the weekend. That said, typically leaks like that do tend to bring things uh, to a quicker pace so that you can get to a deal, eliminate any uncertainty. You can see Exxon shares are up because, of course, oil is up, as we've been discussing this morning. They were down uh, on Friday. There is an expectation in the marketplace that if a deal is to be reached, it would uh, uh, be a lot of Exxon stock. Um, As I pointed out on Friday, um, Darren Woods, the company CEO, has been quite price disciplined, at least in the small snapshot of M&A that we've had an opportunity to watch, namely Denbury, a deal that was was announced a, a couple of months back by the company. They really held the line on price there. They did use all stock there. Is that expected here, perhaps, in terms of what will, co- what will it look like? I've heard nothing that indicates this thing is uh, not in line still to occur, Jim. But, you know, it may have been that they had a lot more work to do than would have been expected, given oftentimes when you see a journal story like that, you think, oh, we're getting a press release Monday morning, if not sort of Sunday night is is the case now with the board's meeting. That has not obviously happened. And again, 
price discipline and the use of a lot of stocks seems to be sort of where the market is right, right. now. I, I know the general will be loath, this is my own editorial analysis, to uh, see what I said when I spoke with Mr. Sheffield on April 27th, which is that they had really no interest to sell. A new CEO coming in. So I thought they should have been more circumspect in their deal in XYZ. But then you had Israel. Uh, you had some. Uh, yeah, some I, I do think the talks are real, without a I doubt. I do too, but I'm without just saying. Without a doubt. So, I mean, real, Sheffield but, can change his mind from right. April. Absolutely, he yeah. can change his mind. But I yeah. think that where the stock is versus where they might you know, take a lot of Exxon stock. I would be surprised that he was be willing to accept something in the 270, 280 range. It's not that. It, it, you it, think it, it's worth more? Yes, I do. I uh, think it's the most I, attractive you know, the price thing stock in the is not even that high. I frankly. know. I look at some, it's, it's lower. It was 274 uh, in, in October. To like, like 250. Uh, I, but again, if you do believe in the in the prospect of the combination, and you do get delivered Exxon stock, you can be a beneficiary there of the. Of the combination. Oh, absolutely. So, I do think that and we've talked this about is this the lowest technology. cost, $30 all in right. for these guys. And Exxon using what they claim is technology that is increasing the recovery value on wells in the Permian right. every day. Meantime, what's really been going on underneath is natural gas is just up huge. Right. And no one's really focused on the natural gas. You know, it's, look, it's, it's uh, APA, um, Apache, and it's Coterra, which my trust owns, and if you want to see something that indicates that no one cares whatsoever, look at the stock of Kotara, which is just kind of, hey, we're all natural gas. We have a dollar finding costs, and nobody cares. Wow. Nobody cares, huh? Nobody cares. Tom, Tom Jordan, visionary, that he felt natural gas would get stronger. Um, well, we were speaking of uh, the journal a moment ago and the reporting on PXT and Exxon. We also should know more reporting on Disney uh, and, and Nelson Peltz. And the prospect of activism yet again from Mr. Peltz in Disney, perhaps even trying to nominate not just himself for the board of directors, but a slate. That's very much unclear at this point. My understanding is Disney has not seen any names from Nelson Peltz. There have been conversations. I've reported on them in the past between Peltz and management to some extent, or Iger at least saying, hey, come on, put me on the board this time. That hasn't gone anywhere. And so we are potentially, Jim, set up for yet another proxy fight, um, you know, not far off the last time around when, of course, he famously, after my interview and then with yours of Pelt, said proxy fight's over. It was good sale. Um, he owns a lot of stock, potentially, 30, at least according to the journal. My understanding is 30 million. 30 million shares. shares. Yeah. I, I, I don't, it, you have to believe that there is uh, some animosity here. Yep. Right. Plus, Ike Perlmutter runs last What they seem to be, at least what I understand, is the question from Disney that uh, I get the that they say the conversation with Peltz. This is what they're telling uh, people has been a content-free conversation. In other words, what's the plan? Because Disney will defend itself by simply saying, "You going want it? What do you want us to disrupt things? Did you happen to listen to Bob Iger's interview?" that we did a couple of months back. He's disrupting everything. In fact, the criticisms could be that he's disrupting too much getting rid of one people. time. Right. Um, obviously, cost cuts, getting rid of people, ABC potentially not core, ESPN partner trying to get direct to consumer to profitability sooner, questioning more or less everything going on at the company. Very different than when he first took over last right. November. Um, and Peltz was coming at them then. So well, you have to believe Peltz is just shocked at the decline in market value and the, the $70 billion worth. And plus, I think that 
there's a belief uh, in, in his camp, perhaps, that, that the company reflects the value of the theme parks, but not much else. And there right. is, but you look but at why Paramount, not just own it at, as an investor? Why? Again, you, we for, haven't heard directly if you were, from Mr. Pelts. He's always welcome to come on and talk, okay. and hopefully he will, and tell us what the plan is this time and why Disney and its shareholders would benefit from his presence on the board. Obviously, Disney doesn't believe that's the case. No. They feel like his expertise in consumer goods is not necessarily, or at least that's what this, again, they'd say, transferable to the board. And so they continue to question exactly what the agenda is that he's bringing to bear. I think he would say, listen, I can help you, Bob. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, the stock's really low, uh, but maybe you need some fresh ideas. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that, what would a fresh idea be at this point? Well, if, like, if I knew it, was under, a, it wouldn't be fresh if I knew it. And he's got Tom Staggs and hey, Kevin Mayer there. Hey, I've got rehashed ideas. I've got those. <laughs> my theme park in New Mexico. There you go. You want my rehashed idea there? There you go. You need more theme parks? I got, I got 300,000 acres. I'm still sitting on it. That My wife wants to take the option on, but that would be one of a thousand options that she'd like to take, including in Ireland. Um, but, yeah, you'd think in some ways Disney would just say, fine. Fine, just go on the board. Fine. But they're not interested like, in that. Okay. They're, well, because everything else going on, the disruption and the distraction from a proxy fight just adds to it. Sometimes you might just simply say, all right, just all go right. on the board and let's see what you got, <laughs> Nelson. But they're not going to do that. They're no. not going to do that. No. I mean, I think um, that that's, I'm going to put that in the less likely if, camp. A slate, if he, in fact, he does present a slate of directors, I'm told they will obviously review them as they should and see if there's anything right. interesting there. But they don't feel at this point that he's got the. Uh, the okay, well, do you, do you think qualifications that you what they interviewed say. Bob Iger? How many boxes have been checked from when you interviewed him? Well, Maybe I mean, everything is under everything is under review. Almost it right. feels like everything has been put into at least some form of. Just because we've been doing it this way, we're not right. going to continue to. That mm. said, these things take time. Jim. Well, maybe they you know, and maybe shareholders are a impatient. Win, a win would be, say, a tie-up with, say, Apple. Which everybody hates all For of a sudden ESPN, because, you mean. because somebody because a hot phone, of which I won't very much want the hot phone if you can find one, since they're almost impossible to get in Manhattan. I guess they're hot and they're too hot. Mm. Speaking of Apple, Bernstein now today oh. looking at the ongoing uh, Alphabet oh, uh, case. Well, their argument is that it's possible uh, that the courts rule against Alphabet and force them to break the default search deal with Apple, which is 15% of Apple Opernet. Yeah, then we can get duck, duck, uh, goose, goose. That's what we want. David, what we want is a worse search engine. Thank you, government. What we really want is kind of, I don't know, how about um, smoke signals? I don't know. How about chat? Have you put, do you own ChatGPT4 yet? It's so much smarter than ChatGPT3. It's just as sympathetic, still a yes man, but holy cow, it's got good stuff. Just wait I've been chat using GPT seven. Oh, it's no. blow your no. socks <laughs> off, David. You won't be here in chat GPT seven because I'm turning to him and I won't get any back talk. So I think the Disney thing makes a lot of sense for Pelts. Oh, you're absolutely right, Jim. I think it's fantastic, and you know why? Because they don't have any fresh ideas. You, but you know, you love the back talk. You love it. Come on, you wouldn't know what to do without it. ChatGPT seven would tell it. every day would tell me how smart I am. I wake up. Well, Jim, you're so smart today. Is that really what you mean? That's what chat. Have Jim, you, you ever like, to really you, talk to chat I'm happy about to tell you how smart the existential issues with chat? You know what? It's oh. funny. I start. I used it a lot initially, and I have not used it as much. Well, and you, I have not incorporated it into my sort of work I want you to do in the way it. I want that you I think to try others it. have. I want you to try it. Okay. I want you to try it. Right, use it to summarize documents that you don't want to read. A 150-page deck on some company that you're not really not you want. Hey, pick your best five pages. 
chat's great at that. I do need to start using it for that. Do you think it would be good for um, as for the trial going on right now, Ellison? Oh, Sam, Sam Bankman-Free. Do you think it would summarize the I arguments by the government? I think it would say government? that things are not looking good for SBF. But then again, he, he hasn't, does put, on, he hasn't put on his defense. So. Well, the, the defense rests before he gets started. I mean, it's that's how he just starts. When, he goes, when like defense press. Yeah, when your best you friend and your girlfriend and everybody who worked with you is testifying against you. Yeah, and saying that they knew. You no, know, his folks have not been called yet. Fraud. Where are his folks on this? That's not good for you. Where, um, where do you think his folks come? I, 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 I don't know. Stanford law professors. I, I mean. And how many times has Judge Kaplan been overturned? I don't know, Jim. <laughs> Kaplan's Kaplan's pretty much the last word on this. And he revoked the bail. Well, I don't think people really revoked the bail for like really bad people. Um, but maybe he's, well, he's not looking good yet. I, having um, just been on, just avoided long-term yes. jury duty, I can tell you that there are a lot of people there who really are out to convict people. Although it was a civil case, so there's well, really not a lot. It's we'll, interesting, we'll, like people's we'll, like, I'm going to convict. Well, no, it's a civil case. We'll be updating on uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. Uh, let's let's uh, talk about a deal going? this morning. Bristol Myers, uh, Bristol Myers. buying an oncology company uh, called Marathi Therapeutics. Stock was up a lot uh, late yeah. last week on a Bloomberg story that had Sanofi thinking about doing something with Marathi. That wouldn't have necessarily made as much sense no. as Bristol, which obviously has a focus on and a franchise in oncology, uh, whereas Sanofi has been more focused uh, you know, on rare diseases and things like that. But it did move the stock up. Hence, nice. when you got the deal today, the stock's down. But you can see what, what we're talking about. It's that move up right there. Right. Um, the deal itself does also include a, a, a CVR. They haven't worked out. Contingent value, right? They haven't worked out oh, that they well. they the CVR thing? For, um, for shareholders in the past. Yeah. At least if you were a shareholder of Celgene oh, or Genzyme. Celgene. The big ones haven't typically returned what they said in the press release was potentially available if certain benchmarks were hit. They are used for uh, to, to get you paid if, in fact, a drug that is very early in trials oftentimes actually proves to be commercially viable. Uh, and in this case, it could be worth as much as 12 bucks or a billion more in total. So you're talking about really 4.8 billion to 5.8 billion, although when you net out cash, mm -hmm. it's actually a 3.7 billion purchase for Bristol right now. But it could be worth 12 over seven years. Again, close is expected first half of next year. But Bristol, Jim, has got to keep doing this because Eloquist is coming off patent. They, are they the, were the most yes. hit by the, yes, the Inflation Reduction Act. Remember, certain drugs and drug pricing they were nailed. was brought. They were nailed. And so the expectation is that this is the first of what may be a series of these kinds of deals for them. Different than Pfizer with CGen, which threw the long pass. In this case, let's call right. it more sort of the screen passes, but they're probably going to do a lot of them. I like that. Moving down the field screen, that way. Right. I went you with a football a, analogy because I hadn't heard any from you. Today. Well, I, I held off, um, although we had a great game, and I, I, was, I held off because of the people from Dallas. Uh, the, uh, David, the Horizon Pharma Amgen Closed, green done. light. Yes, done. Does that, like, do you think, uh, not, not the bankers, they want to, they'll rubber stamp it, but do you think the lawyers are saying, you know what? Uh, yes. The FTC, we kind of have them on the run. I do think you that do. It, I do. Listen, you're not. I mean, a huge deal uh, right, would still attract a lot of uh, attention, but a deal like this, where 
not that long ago, you might have thought, oh, you know, is there anything to be concerned about? Right. I think less concerned, perhaps. Uh, Amgen obviously now owns Horizon. Um, Amgen is a, a competitor very here as well, well in some yes, of the stuff. Yes, it is. Amgen's yeah. got some really good candidates. You know, these, Finally. these targeted therapies, Jim, in terms of specific cells and specific areas, That's you the use these drugs. Again, we're talking now about what Bristol-Myers is potentially getting with Marathi. Use these drugs with Keytruda or Opdivo as sort of the first line. Mm -hmm. I hope eventually as some of these drugs become first line as well. Um, but that's where Bristol, I guess, is focused and needs to go, particularly, again, given the patent expiration right. that and they're facing. And these stories that they're running about how there might be another bidder. Doesn't sound right to right. me, but I wouldn't. I, I, you know, based on what I've heard, it seems unlikely. Excellent. Uh, defense and oil, Jim, it's all, that's all the weakness yeah, this morning. Right Although Dow, uh, down about 26 points here, uh, obviously not at all the weakness that the pre-market no, suggested. That's, that's why it's hard to... Again, the market doesn't know how to factor in this, and they don't have the bonds. I mean, it was very interesting that when I polled people this weekend about the bonds, half said, oh, wow, uh, rates are going to go higher on this oil, whatever. And then half said, flight to quality. So in the end, you kind of neutralize things. Uh, of these companies, look, look, a lot of these companies uh, have been through the mill because there's been less uh, money going to defense than people thought. Uh, some of these, like some of these, are like Huntington is really ships, uh, General Dynamics tanks. That makes sense. L3 Harris is uh, high tech, which makes sense. A Lockheed Martin, we don't know where they are in Northrop Grumman. We wouldn't know how much. I mean, yes, if we had, if there were aerospace, I saw RTX was up, mm -hmm. which is one of those companies that's been so challenged because of the of commercial airline problems. But that would be uh, Lockheed Martin. I think would be one that James Tacklett, who is so smart, would have a vision of what could happen. I think he's the person who has, has the most military most military background of any of these people. We haven't really mentioned autos. Uh, GM, of course, was a story on Friday as they did. They were spared some further strikes. No. Uh, Fain did seem to suggest some progress. We got the Mac workers rejecting their Jeez. tentative uh, and striked, I think, struck at 7 a.m. this morning if, the, if things still yeah. held steady. I keep hearing that, that basically Ford may be best and final. Really? The, yeah. Uh, where did we end there? Do we know in terms of what they've well, offered? Do we know uh, specifics you know, north or of 20, no? uh, but there's, you know, there's a lot of these kind of squishy things. Like, David, in the NFL, when you have a contract and it's not all guaranteed, that kind of thing. So, right. So performance-related right. well, things, just, I just think that what? there's lots of different, you know, you have a base pay. And then you have all these things regardless of when do you know, temporary workers, uh, first, second year. Remember, fame wants everybody to be covered. Mm -hmm. And that's not sustainable for Ford to have everybody get a higher than 20%. But there's, you know, just so we know, Jim Farley is not saying they don't deserve an increase. You know, he's not saying that by any means. He feels that they've all lagged and that they should get more. And he's tried to get more money to workers, but the contract forbids him. Interesting. He tries to make temporary workers permanent and therefore they get a better fee. Right. But he's not, I think he kind of feels like, well, when am I, am I gonna get to, why there's no differentiation between what I'm doing and the other guys, which doesn't sit well. There you go. We'll watch uh, the action here. Obviously, not too far this morning, still from 4,300. Oil and defense are the winners. Some weakness in consumer and transports today. You see the Dow down almost 50, and the NASDAQ down about half a percent. Don't go anywhere.
Haven't mentioned ARM quite as much since the initial IPO there, but a bunch of initiations today out of Barclays, B of A, Citi, Deutsche, Goldman, JP Morgan, Rosenblatt, Guggenheim. All buys are overweights. Uh, targets range from uh, 60 at Deutsche to 85 at Rosenblatt. We'll keep our eye on that. We'll get stopped trading with Jim in a minute. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Those who are looking for bull markets, which most have been elusive of late, except for maybe the health insurers, look at cybersecurity. I mean, you know, Palo Alto, which I think is the king of it, which is Nukesha Roar doing an amazing job. Just kind of unstoppable. And I think a lot of this is because people say, all right, when the, on any sort of turmoil, someone's going to try to take advantage of this. And also because last week, Clorox, their statement did not indicate that they were basically through with it. They're getting further, but... Uh, you want to have something which just says to the bad guys, let me go to somewhere up somebody else. You know, as between this one and somebody else, oh, they have Palo Alto, let me go with the other guy. And that's a really great thing that Nikesh has done. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that, that Clorox yeah. action was interesting. We yeah. Never really talked about Walmart either, the action Friday on Walmart and today, worst performing down name. You know, I, look, I just think that Walmart, they made that statement saying that there's been a slowdown and related to the to the to Wagovi and to Majorno. I I, Jarno, I I think that that was something that they wish they'd taken back. I think they wish been a little more specific, saying, you know what, we got some weakness, but we're not sure which way to go. Because it's not like you can sit there and sell those uh, Debbie donuts, whatever they do, or you, you, you can switch. You can switch. I mean, I was, my wife was in a store that had a whole aisle of Tasty Cakes. I think that I would switch that up to maybe like rice cakes. How about tonight, Jim? Well, we- <laughs> but we're going to talk about how I mean, Larry Williams' chart works saying, look out, this is, the, this is a big move up. Yep. Following Friday's action. Yeah. Hey, David, do you think that they should have cardboard, cardboard or rice cakes? Just in terms of taste. I mean, I, you can't really tell the difference. Well, you can put avocado on cardboard. It doesn't go through it. It's true. Do you we'll see cardboard? tonight. Cardboard won't kill you. Won't. I ate it when Domino's. When you were living in, the, living in the car. I ate, I ate Jack Daniels. It's, got, it's filled with... It's filled with Vitamins, grains, grains. Mad Money tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Watching the markets on the heels of the news of the weekend, back above 4,300. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.